You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you to go over Major League Baseball players who could very well be on the trading block. There are markets out there that you can bet on as far as where these players may land. And apparently I am required contractually to talk about Shohei Otani's uh, trade prospects because there is a report out there from uh, John Morosi that the Orioles and the D-backs are among teams inquiring with the Angels about Shohei Otani's trade availability. And Joe, it's fine. You know, ball clubs are certainly more than allowed to ask and see what the price is to acquire his services. And the Angels would be doing pretty much everybody a disservice by not at least listening to these conversations and having these conversations. Uh, But we do know that, A, it would have to require a massive haul, uh, basically the entire farm system, if you want to, you know, get real about it. Uh, especially if, say, you're Baltimore and you've got a great farm system, then, you know, basically have to just give up the whole thing to get Shoyo Tani for, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> a couple of months. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, the Angels certainly are the favorites uh, to retain his services. And we've talked about ad nauseum why the Angels probably won't trade Otani, at least as far as, uh, you know, what I'm hearing and what I know. Uh, minus 200 uh, for Otani to stay with the Angels for the rest of the season. That's the number right there. Not to mention that the Angels are still very much in playoff contention. They've got a few ball clubs that they need to hop over in terms of getting that last wild card spot. But as we saw last night, uh, the Rangers and the Astros could very well beat up on each other. Uh, the Mariners are in this weird spot. There are other teams that are around that cusp in the wild, in the wild card standings. So yeah, the Angels are still very much in it, especially as they get healthier. Eventually, Mike Trout comes back, guys like that. So again, we've gone through the laundry list many times, but still, you're going to hear these reports a good bit between now and next week when we hear about the trade deadline. What I like about the markets that are available for this, it isn't which team is Shohei Otani or whichever player we're talking about going to be traded to. It, it, it does include the team that they're currently on, so you can bet on that. If you think they are not going to be dealt, you can bet on Otani to stay with the Angels. And, and the favorite of the other teams, which gives you value, is the Dodgers at 9-1, to and it's the Giants at 10-1. to And in this report yesterday, I mean – I, I kind of chuckle at it. Baltimore, Arizona interested. Yeah, there should be 29 teams interested in Otani. Like, you, you could just put any team into that. There should be a number of teams. Eh, maybe not the A's. Into these conversations. Okay, fine. I mean, you don't really have anything, so it doesn't matter. You can be interested. Um, Arizona's not listed. Not at all. You could bet on any other team, which is 17 to 1, 
but Arizona's not here. It just, you know, you start thinking about Arizona, Baltimore, like, wow, Gallon, Kelly, Otani, how scary would that be if they were able to, to pull off uh, a trade there? You know what stood out this story with me, Ed, was the line about the team, the Angels. Team officials likely to meet and make a decision after the Detroit and Toronto series. Okay, that, that's how most teams are going to handle it. In no way should the results of the next week determine what you do with Shohei Otani. You should have a strong opinion right now. Now, I, I know context matters. What is being offered certainly matters. And you shouldn't just take a hard line, no, no matter what. You, you got to listen if somebody's calling, right? Because you never know what's going to be offered. But I, I hope that they're not making their – they're not determining this uh, based on the results of Tigers and Blue Jays' late July regular season baseball games on whether or not they're going to keep Shoei Otani in their organization. Well, it's all about negotiation leverage, right? If yeah. everyone knows that the outcomes of these ball games will dictate what you do with Shoei Otani, then everyone can offer just a little bit less. And so if you are putting yourself in a precarious spot by forcing your own hand based upon the outcome of games, then that hurts the negotiation, right? Maybe you get something that's a little bit too disappointing. And then you wind up keeping him when perhaps you were willing to entertain trade offers. So this idea that everyone knows what you're trying to do and you know what variables are in your equations as far as what's going to guide your decision making. No, it's, it's not that simple. And anybody who boils it down that way, again, probably, you know, you might hear reports and there are sources out there that, that may be well-informed and educated, whatever. But it's, it's just not that simple. There, there's min, there are many more factors that go into it. And that's why when I keep talking about Otani likely not getting traded, in large part, I'm talking about off the field things in, in terms of the business that he generates. That matters a great deal uh, to the health of an overall ball club. Like how much money are they bringing in? What can they do with those funds going forward, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it, it's, it's way more complicated than just how well the Angels are playing against the Tigers and the Blue Jays. There, there, there are many more factors to it. As far as other players who are very much on the trade block in all likelihood, we talked a little bit about Cody Bellinger. And I want to explore this just a little bit more because, as we mentioned, the Cubs are in this weird spot where they're a bit of a tweener. They could be buyers. They could be sellers. Cody Bellinger may be that guy who they may get a haul for because this will very much be a seller's market. You just have so many ball clubs clamoring to make the postseason and so few ball clubs with prized assets who can basically command uh, just about whatever they want. And when you look at Cody Bellinger's uh, possibilities as far as uh, what the market suggests, the Phillies are the favorites at four to one, staying with the Cubs, it's five to one, Yankees also at five to one, Astros five to one, et cetera, et cetera. I have a dark horse ball club that I want to run by you. And first off, I think you have to say coming in, or you have to ask coming in, are they even buyers to begin with? And then would Bellinger make the most sense? So this ball club, they need some help at center field. They need a power slugger. 
And if they could get someone who plays first base a good bit, uh, that would also be helpful. When I was looking at these markets, I was looking at, say, wins above average for individual positions. And this one ball club was really struggling in places where Bellinger would be a huge addition. And that ball club would be the Miami Marlins. And here mm. he is uh, 20 to 1 to acquire his services. Now, the question is, are the Marlins buyers to begin with? Are they tweakers to begin with? You know, that's something we talked about yesterday, where maybe you're not a buyer in the, in the purest sense of the word, but maybe you're someone who wants to get, you know, a couple of smaller pieces, and that's the extent of your activity at the trade deadline. Maybe the Marlins are there, or maybe they want to make a splash, because this is the best position that they've been in to make the postseason in a little while. Cubs nailed the Cody Bellinger decision before the season. We'll see if they nail it over the next week, midseason. Uh, the, the whole idea of, look, this guy has a talent. He's won the rookie of the year. When he's at his best, he's terrific. He still has that upside in him. And let's sign him to a one-year, we've got nothing to lose contract for $17.5 million. And Jed Hoyer, I mean, that was a terrific move. That was great. because. You're in this spot right now where either, okay, if we're buyers, we're keeping Bellinger, and that's great because we're in the division race. And if we're sellers, I, I think this guy is going to be good enough where teams are going to come in on a one-year deal. It's just a rental. Maybe we can land something. And what the odds are telling us, as opposed to the Otani odds on Bellinger, is that the Cubs are making moves. When the favorite is – Cubs or Phillies at plus 400, the market is telling us that the Cubs are trading Bellinger, that the Cubs are going to be making moves, which I find really interesting sitting at, um, sitting at five games back. And they've not had an awful season. Now they're a few games under 500, and they're kind of still in the race. Maybe, maybe that conversation has changed with what Cincinnati has done. Whether you think the, the Brewers are going to win that division or not, uh, now you've got to jump them as well. Um, so it's, it's a tough decision that they're going to have to make, but it, it seems like at least locally that people fully believe that the Cubs are going to be selling Stroman. They're going to be selling Bellinger and just adding to the farm system, which does look pretty healthy. Uh, Marlins, what are they going to do? Well, they should be buying. They've got to buy in some way. It doesn't mean you give up all of your top prospects. Like we've already started to see it with the Braves. Like they weren't, they were just adding to the pen. They weren't giving up their top prospects. Uh, they, they were just trying to jump the market a little bit. We obviously know that the division race is over, but there, there is a luck factor with Miami. And I, I think an interesting uh, question that they're probably uh, debating internally is how tough is this going to be? Because they have the toughest remaining schedule in baseball. The, the record in close games we've talked about this year is ridiculous. So is that going to come back and level off over the second half of the season? They need to add. I'm, they, they do. Because with what they've had, I, I, don't, I don't know that they're for sure going to get a, uh, a wild card spot. And that is a very tight race. You wake up today and you see Miami, Arizona, San Francisco all have identical records in that wild card race in the NL. 
we talked yesterday about the Padres and how I believe they will be buyers just because they've made such hefty investments in the offseason. And, you know, even during last year's trade deadline, uh, acquiring Juan Soto. And even though the results have been disappointing, it does seem to me philosophically like they're not going to let the first half of this baseball season sort of sway them from what overall they're trying to do. And that is spend, 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 keep up with the Dodgers. At the same time, Blake Snell does have uh, the possibility of getting moved. And if you look at that market, it suggests that Snell could very well stay Padres at minus 160, but you've got other ball clubs in serious need of starting pitching like the Orioles at eight to one. I get that Shoei Otani was part of that report as well, but one of the reasons is because you look at what the O's have done just to get to this point, to lead the AL East after the Rays got off to such a hot start. Um, It's one of those things where the O's have really exhausted starting pitching, and they do want to keep their farm system intact for the most part, but they have a lot of starting pitchers who perhaps have, you know, some bit of injury history or something like that. And they've pitched a lot of innings. So Baltimore, you know, they're an interesting case study here because on the one hand, maybe they do need to get a Blake Snell just to finish this season. On the other hand, maybe they want to get more relievers and, you know, sort of force their starting pitchers uh, to do a little bit less. So that may also be uh, part of the process. And so, it makes sense why uh, the O's would have shorter odds uh, for some of these markets as far as starting pitchers uh, could be concerned. But specifically when it comes to Blake Snell, I'm not exactly sure what the Padres hope to do uh, with him, but it does seem to me like he will stay in a Padres uniform. Then again, if say the Yankees come calling, uh, they're at 12 to one to acquire his services. uh, Maybe they have more than enough to uh, convince the Padres to part ways. Padres are, are in a tricky spot here because you've got Machado through 33. You've got Tatis through 34. You've got Bogarts through 33. 20, 33, and 20, 34. So what are they going to do with the rest? Yeah, that, that's where much of your assets are going, but what do you do with a guy like Blake Snell? He's a favorite right now to remain a Padre at minus 160. What about Josh Hader? He's minus 140, a favorite there. Last night, Ken Rosenthal, uh, he put out a story in The Athletic, and I thought it was interesting. It's kind of something that, that we hinted at yesterday when it comes to San Diego. The Padres are preparing for both buy and sell scenarios or some combination of both, but they still seem to be leaning towards buying. Ed, they're seven games back of a wild card. They don't have a chance at the division And I I know they are very unlucky, which I'm going to get into with maybe making the playoffs, but seven games back and you're going to buy, does that make much sense? Has a lot of what the Padres have done (laughs) made a whole lot of sense? No, no, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And this is why like studying philosophical approaches for each individual ball club, I think there's something useful in that exercise in terms of going, okay, uh, you know, who does things that make sense? Who does things that, that do not make sense? And that, that to me is a really important. Real quick, 
we've talked about the importance of starting pitching for the Dodgers, how desperately they need more of it. Is it possible where you can look at this market and sprinkle a little bit on the Dodgers for individual starting pitchers? Like an Eduardo Rodriguez, for instance. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great name. That makes a ton of sense where, yeah, yeah, they have the assets and it's not like they're a thin team at all. Um, thinner than right. they used to than they used to be, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're 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 all in. They're all in every year, and they should be. Historically, that's what they do as well. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board, and another NFL player has been suspended for betting, right here on the BetQL Network.